of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good afternoon, everybody. I uh, hope it's a lot uh, drier where you're staying. <laughs> it was, uh, I swear the rain was coming down so hard earlier, I, I saw a arc flow through our neighborhood. Anyway, just uh, to start thinking positively, all right? To be a hero or a heroine, one must give an order oneself. You cannot be a hero without sometime being a coward. A hero is someone who has given his or her life to something bigger than oneself. And heroes are made by the past they choose, not the power. Ain't that the truth? Uh, as we always talk about uh, on this show, you know, we, we recommend that you go to WHK, 1420 AM. And, uh, you know, there, if you go to local podcasts and down to the Smart Investor Show and Tim Hayes, uh, you can get uh, right to my webpage. It goes directly there. It's a really easy transition. So I uh, highly recommend it. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of stuff. You know, our webpage has uh, some really good stuff on it. And, uh, uh, you know, first off, we have Insight is a tab there. And, and Insight is revolving. I, I change it every week, and it's got all our new research on it, our theme research. Uh, you know, big theme right now is environmental, social, and governance. Uh, you know, it, it's the way of the world right at the moment. So uh, we have it down. And also, on the front page under bulletin board, they have trend and cycle, and that's Rob Schleimer, who is one of the best technicians on the planet, uh, and he, he reviews the markets every week. And then also... Uh, there's a weekly newsletter gives you all the fundamental ideas you need to do. And then if you're interested, you know, give us the a call and get up uh, the dividend growth portfolio, the prime income list, or our best ideas. They're all there. I, you know, I, I wanted to mention that <laughs> this is a really good idea. The last time I talked about our technology, internet media and telecom conference was in 2018. And most of the stocks are up to 300%. Now they've corrected now. And that's good because only one person is called away for it, uh, maybe two. And then our Imagine 2025, which is a long-term portfolio of what we think are the, the big winners, uh, uh, are available. And our sustainable technology, our elect electrical grid, uh, and also our energy conference. Uh, those I'm going to talk about all those pieces today. Okay, so there we go. Once again, it's a live show. So if you have a question, you want to call in. The number here is 216-901-0945. You know, um, I, I was listening to Lori Calvacina, our head strategist, and she's a good one, by the way. You know, I've been finding if I take Lori and Tom Lee together uh, from Funstrat and mold them, <laughs> I have the perfect strategist. They, they're just right. Uh, when you take them both together, they're very, very right. And she, you know, she did a quick survey uh, about Omnicrom, and she said, there's four things that come out. Number one, people, they're neutral, they don't know, was the most popular response. And uh, the second thing they said was roughly half saw no impact on the path of tapering. And number three, roughly half said they are not doing anything with their regard to their portfolio position until they have more information. 
And number four, vaccine efficiency, efficiency uh, and severity of disease were the biggest questions on investors' minds. So, you know, uh, I, I, you know I, I think bottom line, the results suggest to us that U.S. equity investors are willing to be patient as they learn more about Omicron in the coming weeks. And, and the results also suggested that a decent number of the bulls are lurking in the shadows. And I'm going to talk about something that happened this year, uh, this week, that I thought was very, very bullish, right? So, uh, you know, uh, we continue to see no reason to change our 2022 market call uh, with a, you know, um, target of 50, 50 on the S&P 500. Now, one of the things we talked about was, you know, uh, we were worried a little bit. And, you know, it's funny because if you look at the past 10, 12 days, we went down five and a quarter percent. In six days, that was fast, and, and we made most of it up in another four days. So, you know, you look at things and you say, uh, you know, we went right down to the 200-day or the 50-day moving average and reversed back up. So institutional investors massively de-risked over the last week and two, okay? And they de-risked. They got, they got rid of all the Bitcoin they owned, and they got rid of all the software companies they owned. Uh, you know, so... Uh, are they going to come back? It'll take a while. All right. So, but the leverage is what really came down. Net leverage increased by just under 1%, which represents the second uh, percentile over the last 12. Okay. So, uh, you know, you're starting to see um, if you look at the money market flows, you can see the liquidation in institutional accounts was big. All right. Uh, the retail accounts actually didn't move too much. Uh, which is interesting, but money market funds right now, if you look at institutional, are are up at the high of 2021. Retail is still uh, lower, uh, so retail's been hanging in there a little bit better. But I think retail also, I'm going to talk about this, but uh, you know they don't have, they're quicker. Uh, if if you're smart, you're quicker anyway. So that's something I thought was really interesting. You know, Tom Porcelli had three points. Tom is our head economist, and I think he's pretty good. And he talked about the market outlook for 2022. And he said, you know, first of all, new variants are a continued risk to growth. So every time we come up with a new, you know, uh, Greek al uh, Greek alphabet uh, letter, uh, we have a problem. So, but consumers have really strong balance sheets right now. And it's not a question of ability to drive consumption, but the opportunity and that's important, I think. And inflation is likely to slow eventually through 2022. But we we expect it to remain above the Fed's 2% target by, by the end of the year. So it's it's not, it's not going to be where the Fed wants it to be. And that's because nobody produced anything for 18 months. I mean, the, no, no cars were produced. No semiconductors were produced. Nothing. So we're behind the gun a little bit. And then both the easing of supply chain issues and the consumer shift uh, towards spending on services rather than goods will help balance inflation, we think. So uh, the coming, uh, you know, I, I guess to sum it up, the coming year is likely to be another year of a really strong growth in the U.S. with an expectation. I mean, some people are, you know, 5.5% growth in 2021. Uh, they think, he thinks maybe 4% growth. So, you know, that's that's good, okay? But we got this conundrum going, okay? And the 10-year Treasury yield, remains stubbornly below the current and expected future inflation. So I guess the question is, 
As an investor, how can we make sense of this apparently illogical behavior in the bond market? And just so you know, the bond market is a lot bigger, a six, ten times the size of the stock market, and there's no insider information. <laughs> All right? Uh, so it's a very illogical behavior in the bond market. You know, in, in 2005, the then Fed, Fed Chairman Alan Greenspan identified what he called a conundrum. And despite the Fed having hiked overnight rates by 1.5%, the yield in the 10-year governments remained essentially unchanged. Uh, since then, the conundrum has, if anything, amplified. Yields on the 10-year government bond are almost 5% below the last observed inflation reading. What's going on? You know, I mean, we had the biggest inflation number in 40 years last week, and the 10-year Treasury broke 140. Remember, we were talking about that 150 to 180 uh, range. Now I think we're talking about 135 to 180. On the we're talking about yield now. Okay, so uh, what goes on? You know, and uh, longer-term bond rates are frequently broken down into three components. There's real growth in the economy. Compensation for inflation and with a catch-all premium, you know, describe uncertainty, okay? And, and you know, so what's going on? Um, don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think anybody else does either, including the Fed. You know, the Fed mentioned – it was mentioned by uh, Powell in his testimony. And, you know, so instead of people thinking that, you know, the, the long bond should go up or the 10 year should go up, we have a flattening of the yield curve, which means usually that we have an economy slowing down. Okay. So that's something that's really interesting. So I, look, we have a two year old pandemic and it's left its mark on households. And I think the corporate sector and the economy, all of which have had to adapt to new and challenging circumstances. So 2022 looms and the initial catch up phase of the global economy. Uh, recovery after the shock of the pandemic is giving way to an expansion phase. We'll see what you would think the yields would be going up because of that. But in, in our view, the era of the outsized globally synchronized finance, uh, fiscal stimulus and unprecedented monetary stimulus is beginning to recede. It'll be interesting to see if the Democrats can get this new bill passed. Uh, so from now until well into two, uh, 2023, we see the trajectory of the world's major economies being shaped by the normal progression of business cycles. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. Uh, now, over the past few weeks, it's been a roller coaster. You know, once again, uh, you know, Rob Schleimer had said to be careful. He read his piece two weeks ago, three weeks ago. He was saying, you know, we were at the top of the trend line. And by the way, on a monthly basis, we're still up there. Remember the long-term cycle, we're still majorly overbought. So I think we go sideways uh, and it'll be more stock picking than anything. Uh, so I think that the roadmap, the short-term technical indicators were, were suitably oversold you know, uh, by Thursday uh, or Wednesday, and then we rallied. So now what? Overall, the, the underlying trend of the U U.S. major equity markets remains intact. We're, it's a, we're in a bull market. It rallied in support. The Dow Jones raised right at 200-day moving average. The S&P at a 100-day moving average. So that was positive. And uh, so, you know, a couple things we've, we've noticed is the momentum, the daily momentum is oversold, where the monthly momentum is still way, way overbought. Now, remember, it's monthly. It takes a long time to, to recede, okay, i.e. months. <laughs> All right. So if 
So if you think about the market cycles, you know, we've we got a four-year cycle going here. Uh, so we'll be discussing look the outlook for 2022 in more detail, I think, over the coming weeks. But the bottom line is we're likely headed to a more muted heading, uh, you know, muted move through 2022 and 2023. And then we'll, we'll probably have a large correction in 2024. That's how the four-year cycle works. But remember, that works within this 16 to 18-year cyclical bull market. So domestic equities are still the place to be. All right. Uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll leave it at that. I think uh, there's a couple things that I saw uh, this week that I, you know, I was going to talk about, but I think I'm going to uh, wait to a, a, a little bit longer on those. So look, November's correction was accelerated by Omnicom and the Fed Reserve taper worries. And I, I it certainly damaged a lot of technical profiles uh, for a lot of charts. A uh, couple I own, actually, and notably in the higher risk, smaller cap areas. I mean, remember, I said the small caps broke out and they broke right back in and uh, they broke back hard, as did a lot of other names. Uh, so short term indicators tracking, you know, the two to four to week swings have transitioned from overbought to oversold. And we'll see what happens. And we uh, we continue to expect an oversold rebound through December. Um, and, you know, I. We'll see what happens. The Russell 2000 and the New York Stock Exchange advanced decline lines are going to be a key focus, I think, um, during any rebound. And I think you got to pay very close attention to, to that. And, and longer term, uh, we continue to, to feature the, you know, the long-term cycle charts. Remember, we've got a four-year cycle and a sick, secular bull market. So um, now... Bob Dickey always thought the secular bull market started in 2015 uh, or 14. Uh, Rob Schleimer thinks it started at the end of 2016. So, you know, somewhere in the next eight to 10 years, we'll we'll have, uh, you know, the end of the bull market. And we'll, you know, for some reason, we'll we'll have an economic slide. OK, it, we'll, we'll figure that out after a while. But. You know, the 10 year yield, I think, is the is the conundrum here is, is the, you know, Something's wrong. I, I don't get it. Not many people do. Even the Federal Reserve says they don't. But, you know, we had a hard, fast decline last week. So people bought treasuries because the market pulled back 5%. That's the, that's the key ingredient there. But it, it captured, recaptured a key downside level at 1.38% with, you know, 170, 178 remaining the key upside band, uh, I think it's just we're going to just bounce between those two areas for a while. And uh, I think the other thing we got to talk about is the U.S. dollar. The dollar is showing evidence of peaking short term. Uh, but I said that <laughs> a couple of months ago and it kept going up. So but uh, on the momentum figures, uh, you know, we have seen that now. The WT uh, West Texas oil uh, declined further last week. It, it broke below its 200 day moving average. And uh, it was in deeply oversold territory. Um, and, you know, the Biden administration got lucky because uh, they they sold from the strategic reserve and the, the price went up three bucks. But then the Fed came in and the Fed uh, helped them out and made them look uh, kind of, you know, good at this point. But I think a couple things, if I'm looking at, you know, growth stocks, notably mid and small cap, they continue to lag the market. They got beat up last week. Um and cyclicals are showing early signs of bottoming. I'm especially seeing a couple things that I really like in the uh, in the materials area, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a, in a while. Uh, 
the reopening groups are beginning to rebound from very short-term oversolds. They got hammered really hard, especially the airlines, and 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 that's something. And rails are coming a defensive group, I think, and that financials. Um, they held key support. I think that's uh, pretty good. Staples, utilities, and healthcare's are showing massive improvement, and we'll talk about that when we get back. If you have a question, the number here is 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945. We'll be back. We're back. <laughs> if you just tuned in, this is Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. And, uh, you know, there's a couple things. Uh, like I said, if, if um, you want to get any of the material that we talked about here, uh, you know, go to WHK1420's webpage. Go to local podcast down to the Smart Investor Show, and it goes it goes right to my webpage. All right. And while you're there, look at the Insights, uh, um, Insights tab. It's, got, it, it's rolling information. I update it every week. And then also we have our bulletin board, which is important. But if you want the dividend growth portfolio, the prime income list, the best ideas, and I you know, I talked about our technology, internet, media, and telecom conference. Uh, we also have just a whole bunch of you know good ideas uh, in there. And uh, also imagine 2025. That's really good information. So uh, just hit the contact me or email me or call me. <laughs> I pick up the phone. Anyway, um, so I was looking at stuff, and and uh, you know we've we've kind of talked about the fundamentals. Now let's talk about the technicals a little bit, and we get spend a little bit of time on that. Everybody, everybody hates oil and gas, you know. And uh, I I don't I, I bet you oil goes to one twenty one thirty. That's Tim's prediction. That's nobody else's. Because the, the Biden administration is going about this, all, I mean, they're just cutting things off. And you know what? They can't make enough electric cars. So they're going to screw, uh, excuse my language, they're going to hit all the people who can't afford to buy an electric car. Uh, and, and by the way, have you seen an electric car charging station? <laughs> it's run on diesel. <laughs> it's run on diesel, folks. So, you know, that that charging, if, if they continue to block out oil, those charging stations are going to get really, really expensive. But I did notice, um, you know, I was looking at the oil service sector, and I did notice, you know, we had multiple uh, lows, and it does look like it's turning up to me. So, uh, you know, that that's a good sector. I, I, I also, uh, you know, the other thing I saw was, you know, I talked about staples and I talked about healthcare, uh, healthcare last week. But staples and and utilities doing better. They look like I mean, staples broke out. You know, so uh, it's time to maybe buy the staples. And uh, I didn't see many. You know, communications services was the only group that I didn't like. Uh, but the you know financials look great. Uh, you know, I mean, I just. Uh, the technology sector looks great, although it's larger technology, not the smaller stuff. Uh, the staples look fantastic, and uh, man, I got like 20 stocks in that that 
universe that I love. Um, and, and by the way, our, our good friend, Mr. Schleimer, has been talking about those for some time now. Uh, and, you know, I, I did see some other names that I thought were were pretty positive in the basic material area. Okay. Uh, copper. Uh, there's two copper stocks I can think of. Copper looks like it's getting ready to lift off. And if that happens, there's like five or six stocks that you got to own. But I'm seeing a lot of those names uh, that, that are down and out. You know, they've broken their downtrend line. Uh, they're ready to, one that didn't, you know, never corrected really, uh, or to any great degree. So, um, you know, it's, it's it's something to think about. One other thing I, I would suggest is that, you know, I was looking at uh, the retail sector. And, you know, the retail sector went right down to its 200-day moving average. Now, I'm looking at different ETFs, but, I mean, I noticed a lot of interesting stocks there, you know, where the stochastics went all the way down to 20, below 20, and are turning up. And uh, I've seen several names there, um, you know, that, that look pretty good. Uh, you know, a couple names that I don't like, but uh, a lot of names that I do like in that sector. Uh, so I think if we're going to have a Santa Claus rally, <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you, the retail sector will probably bring it uh, bring it on uh, coming up here. So we'll, we'll see what happens uh, over the course of the next couple of weeks in that that area, um, you know, because I, I think it's I think it's pretty important that uh, over the next couple, you know, couple, uh, several months that we pay very close attention to that. Okay. So now let's talk about the long term a little bit. And, and I think this has got to, you know, you got to start thinking like this. Okay. This is, look, if you want to win at chess, which basically the market is, is this big chess game. Okay. Because you have this board and, and, you know, suddenly you're, the guy could take your bishop if you're not paying attention to the left side of your board, or he could take your rook. All right, so or she could take your rook. I, I should. Uh, it was, I want to include the ladies on this one because they're. I, I I talked to three ladies this week. Uh, I'm going to talk about that in insiders, but the monthly momentum has peaked. Okay, and monthly momentum is monthly. It takes a long time for that to get down. So it could take six or seven months to get down to where it's oversold. And we're at the top of the trend line dating back to 2009, the bottom, all right? So you gotta think like this. Now, you know, we had several times, um, back in 2014, we were at the top too. And we went sideways to down for the next two years before we got to an oversold scenario on the momentum figures. So long-term, you got to think that way. Now, daily, we're over, oversold. What am I trying to tell you? I think it's going to be very important that you buy the right stocks going forward. Very, very important. And I've got a list of names uh, that look really, really good of some of the sectors I just talked about, okay? Now, the other thing is we've been talking about the advanced decline line in the stock market. And I said that the, the stock only advanced decline line has not made a new high dating back to May, uh, March 1st. So really, the market's been going up on less and less stocks. And if you've listened to this show at all, you know that we don't like that, okay? We don't wanna fight a war with just the kings and the knights. We want the archers, we want the foot soldiers, we want the supply chain behind us. Right now, 
they've been back at the at the barracks smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee because that's what you do in the army that's what i've been told anyway um so now the what's very important is the advanced decline line is right where it's going to stop i think it will and i'm going to tell you why in the next segment of the show but if we just look at stocks only we've had i mean it's hit a, a new low one two three four times since march 1st five times since march 1st i'm sorry so less and less stocks are participating and you know when you hit a, a new low on the advanced decline line several times that means a lot of stocks are down 20 30 40% and that's that could be a problem now the russell 2000 you know we talked about this breaking out and it it pulled back perfectly and then it got crushed as soon as the fed spoke up it got crushed so now it's back in to this consolidation that's been in for basically a year. Now, the relative performance versus the S&P 500 is still above its downtrend line, which is a positive. So we need it to rebound above 2252 uh, in order to repair the damage, shall we say, okay? Now, one of the things I do like is the VIX. The VIX popped, uh, and this happened in five days. So we had, you know, we had the biggest move Single day move in the VIX. It was only one of the. It was one of the three biggest I've ever seen, and I've been doing this for a while, folks. I ain't a spring chicken anymore. So, uh, and, and a gap too, which you know normally on charts you fill gaps, but we got to thirty five fifty, and then we reversed back down, uh, which is a big positive, I think. Uh, you know, so and that's an area, by the way, we've peaked one, two, three, four times. We're just a little bit above that area. The other, the other thing that we had to look at was the put-to-call ratio spiked vertical uh, to short-term extremes. Uh, investors and traders have bought puts to hedge the downside risk after we went down. All right, that's not a good sign. Uh, and with the short-term peaks developing at the upper end of the 2020-2021 trading range, we expect equities will rebound. It's that simple. Uh, and the other thing is the, the bears showed up. Uh, bearish sentiment has climbed, but not to extreme levels. And also the, the bullish sentiment declined, and it declined pretty quick. All right? So uh, more people are neutral <laughs> than they are bearish or bullish. Uh, it's a very unusual scenario. Now, growth versus value. Uh, this is something we've been talking about for about three years now. Uh, and it took a while for this to develop. Large cap growth is the way to play. Mid cap and small cap growth is, they're both showing signs of stalling and failing to the small and mid cap area. All right. So that's, you know, you want to stay, stay around. Uh, the other thing was the high beta stocks, uh, you know, which are the, uh, you know, the cyclical stocks. Uh, Short term pullback is underway. Probably could bottom. I'm starting to see that bottom now. All right. Hey, let's take a break. If you have a question, 216 901 0945. 216 901 0945. We'll be right back with the bullish percent. Stay tuned. All right, we're back. 
If you just tuned in, once again, this is Smart Investor Show. I just had somebody email me and say, Tim, how do we get a hold of you? Well, the easiest way is to go to WHK1420's website, go to local podcast down to Smart Investor Show, and then it goes right to my webpage. So you can email me, you can call me. Um, if you'd like to have a cup of coffee, review your portfolio, talk about a wealth plan. All right. You know, people don't understand how important those are. Because if you don't know which way you're going, anyone will take you there. It's like Alice in the uh, Cheshire Cat. She says, you know, I've come to a fork in the road. Which road should I take? The Cheshire Cat says, well, where do you want to go? She says, I'm not sure. She says, well, either road will get you there. And if your financial situation is like that, you need a wealth plan. And why I like wealth plans? You can fool around with them and say, hey, if I keep this asset allocation to a bear market, what will happen? Now, by the way, just so you know, I'm the guy that went on the radio in 2007 and 2008 and said that the uh, money market would outperform the stock market. <laughs> and I was right. And then in 2007, I also said to get out of China and get out of the foreign markets, and they got killed too. So uh, risk inversion is what I do for a living. That's that's the key. All right. So anyway, um, you know, we always talk about the bullish percent. All right. And this is our main risk guide. This was developed way back in the 30s by people who wanted to be bullish at the bottom and bearish at the top. You know, and it goes from zero to 100. And when you get over 70, you usually got to worry because that's when everybody's bullish. Uh, people call me. I get invited to Christmas parties, that type of thing. And then when we get below 30, um, I spend, you know, I, I'm kind of like, you know, Charles Dickens character. I spend Christmas alone. <laughs> Eating porridge. Uh, anyway, this week something unusual happened, and the bullish percent turned up into a column of X's. Now, let's talk about that. X's, offensive teams on the field, O's, defensive team on the field. Now, there's some other stuff that goes along with that, like the relative strength of domestic equities are still number one. All right, so they're the best place to be of all the asset class. They're still the best place to be. Now, back in 2007, they were the lowest form of life, okay? So this is some of the other stuff that you don't see behind the scenes that I'm doing for your portfolio. Anyway, so domestic equities are number one. We turned up on the bullish percent. Now, what happened was very unusual. The high-low index also went into a column of Xs the same day. Now, I think I've seen that five times in my career. And if you look over the next 12 months, the, the average return or the mean return, that's even better, is 15.34%. So let's hope this is another one of those times. Now, uh, the problem is the over-the-counter and the world index are both still in the column of O's. Uh, now, the world index uh, would reverse back up. It was up for the week. So it, it's 38 now, 42 would be reversal. The, the O's on the over-the-counter index uh, were down at 32.9%, so we were down almost two, and wouldn't reverse up till 38. But you are getting there near the magic number of 30. You know, you love things that go below 30. That's the best time to buy them. Now, uh, I did notice that the S&P 500 did give one to the column of X's, and by the way, uh, it reversed up on its bullish percent, too. So that's that's a big time uh, a positive. And one of the other things that I, I noticed that I thought was very, very important, um, you know, 
I got a question here about Bitcoin. I'll get to it in a second. But the breath thrust in the stocks, uh, they're recovering after this turbulent you know, few trading sessions we had. And we've seen 74% of the New York Stock Exchange Index advance. That's only happened a few times since 1982. Uh, the returns being positive a vast majority of the time, okay? So if we look out longer date returns, like one or two years, uh, are positive and a very consistent basis, all right? Being positive 95% of the time. So a lot of good things happened after we got killed, okay? Now, we did – last week, the Russell 2000 fell back into a trading range, and it has been in since March, but – was able to reverse back up into a column of X's. So that might be good for the over-the-counter index. Now, I just got an email it, uh, think about Bitcoin. I don't I don't do Bitcoin, okay? Uh, but it's at, it's got support at around 40,000. And if it the breaks there, I think it goes 30,000. Ethereum's held up better. How's that? Uh, I, I'm not, uh, I would say that the crypto index got killed, uh, you know, <laughs> but it, it's, Still got a downtrend line, so you just got to be careful. But the bullish percent did turn up. The bullish percent in the S&P 500 did turn up. The Russell 2000 turned up, and the high-low index turned up. That's usually a really good positive situation. The other thing I would suggest is if I look at dynamic asset level investing, what we're looking at, folks, is relative strength investing. Technology is still number one. Uh, consumer cyclicals, by the way, fell back. You know, they were number one. They fell back. Financials, energy, and real estate. Healthcare is dead last. Utilities are dead last. And consumer non-cyclicals, uh, you know, those are the three bottom dwellers. They looked great last week. How about that? They looked great last week. So um, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, staples broke out. All right. Now, I was looking at, uh, you know, uh, some ADRs and, and uh, like German ADRs and stuff like that. And I did notice that some of the big, big names held and reversed back up, which is positive. All right. Uh, and some people were asking me about Germany, you know, because they have a, a big problem there with uh, Omnicrom and Omnicore. I'm sorry. And anyway, uh, they, they, they fell down right to their bullish support line. I, I saw I looked at eight stocks. And they reverse back up. Uh, not mentioning names, so there we go. Now, the volatility in U.S. Treasury yields has continued, and and I'll say this again: U.S. ten-year Treasury yield. This is the yield index. That means the bonds go up. Okay, fell to one point three five percent before reversing up on Monday. Um, so people took, you know, went for cover <laughs> in the Treasury market uh, as soon as the Fed spoke. So what we had was the 10-year Treasury yield, or the U.S. Treasury yield curve, has flattened. Now, that usually, you know, I don't know if it's because the market went down that they jumped into Treasuries. Uh, but remember, the, the money market yield, or the money market, uh, the total assets in money market, is at the highest level of 2021. It's almost as high as 2020. And it, and it looks like it may have broken that this Friday, okay? So people are, are running for cover on the institutional side, which is just what you want, you know? Uh, <laughs> it's the best time to buy when everybody's scared. The uh, the HEG, which is uh, 
you know, if you look at core bonds, the AGG reversed down on Tuesday and continued lower uh, to give a sell signal. So some weird stuff's going on. Commodities, you know, oil got killed. Uh, copper got beat up, but held. Okay. And gold got beat up a little bit. Gold, you know, I know some people that think gold is a place to be uh, coming up here. I'm not sure if that's that's true, but we did have oil, you know, go to 84, then break 79, which was support, and then held support in in the 63 area. So it got hit pretty hard, but it reversed back into a column of X's, and 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 that group looks oil and oil stocks look like they're getting ready to get up and go. I think, you know, in Tim Hayes's opinion, this, you know, but um, you know, don't. <laughs> Don't just listen to me. But once again, I think you got to pay pretty close attention here. Uh, you know, the things you have to be paying uh, what I think close attention to are dynamic asset level investing. Remember, domestic equities are still number one place to be. All right. And the other thing is staples, consumer non cyclicals, and healthcare. I mean, two of our best looking ideas broke out in in the healthcare area. Some big biotechs broke out Friday. All right. We haven't even I haven't you know biotechs have been out to lunch since Hillary's statement in 2015. They haven't seen the light of day since then. All right. So that's big uh, as far as Tim Hayes is concerned. The other thing is utilities. Uh, I I had more and more utilities show up on my charts than I've seen in a long, long time. And now the consumer non-cyclicals, we talked about that, but I saw breakouts of five major consumer non-cyclicals, huge breakouts uh, on Thursday and Friday. So those are those are areas uh, that nobody has. You know, people say, "Oh, why are you buying staples? What is the Fed talking about?" All right, they're talking about slowing the economy down. What does well when things get slow? Utilities. Healthcare and staples. Now they're not buying all of them, okay? At least not yet, anyway. But they are buying a select few, the ones they think could be the best, okay? I and I'm I I have that list. <laughs> My clients own half of the list, and I'm going to be buying more of it as I get the opportunity. I'm also seeing th- some things that I think are very very interesting uh, in the basic material area, which has gone from. You know, it was all dead last uh, a year ago. Pulled back a little bit, but I'm, I'm starting to see, like, you know, copper pulled back, but it didn't really pull back enough. Gold pulled back, but it didn't really pull back enough to cause damage. All right. Uh, and there's some, there's a couple stocks out there that are copper, you know, you know, that directly relate to copper. And I think that, you know, look, if the economy is going to go up, uh, I think copper stock, you know, they call it Dr. Copper because when the copper's going up, it fixes the economy pretty quick. So it's interesting that we do have technology, but it's large cap technology leading the way. Consumer cyclical took a took a big hit, and it'll be interesting to see if they start the Santa Claus rally, which I think will be very interesting. But financials, energy, and real estate have held up really well. So the real estate investment trusts are another area, you know, we talked about. Uh, going back, uh, you know, to all the guys that own the biotech, real, you know, the, the real estate investment trusts that biotech companies uh, manage, or they manage for biotech companies, and the East Coast and the West Coast, they're doing really well. Uh, we talked about that about 
four months ago. So I think you have to take a look. And if you're looking at dividends, maybe the healthcare and the utilities and the consumer non-cyclicals are the staples. You know, you, dividends may become important if inflation stays, you know, stays around. Look, the reason the stock market's still going up is because inflation hasn't started to hit their margins yet. They've been able to raise their prices. Now, when that goes away, that's when we'll have a problem in the market. And then, you know, if, if inflation sticks around for a couple of years, uh, that may be the problem in 2024 that we talked about on that four-year cycle. Remember, four-year cycles. 16 to 18-year cycle, you know, secular bull markets and secular bears. So you just got to remember this type of thing. But remember, dynamic asset-level investing, technology is number one, consumer cyclicals number two, financials number three, energy number four, real estate number five. Dead last is healthcare, consumer non-cyclical, and then utilities. They seem to be doing – some of them seem to be doing better. Let's take a break. We'll be right back with Insiders. And uh, the number here is 216-901-0945. Stay tuned. Okay, we're back. Little Bob Seeger to get you going. Anyway, this is, uh, you know, so what we've done is we've talked about strategy. We've talked about the economy. We've talked about the main themes, the long term. Uh, then we've got into some technical stuff. Now we're going to talk about insiders. So what we're doing is we're making our way down. We're, it's a funnel. So we're looking for ideas. OK, now um, I got several calls. Uh, actually, it was mostly from uh, young ladies <laughs> who asked me about Asana. And Asana, uh, you know, made a big move from like 55 all the way up to 135. And then in like five days, wiped it out. Okay. Uh, and you may recall that Dustin Moskowski, uh, Muscovitz, I'm sorry, uh, who was one of the founders, co-founders of Facebook, bought a bunch of it. And uh, then it got killed and nobody had heard from him. Well, he showed up again. Uh, he bought. Half a million shares on the 7th, half a million shares on the 6th, and then he bought another uh, 250,000 shares on the 8th. <laughs> and he paid 77 for it. I believe the stock's to 67, 66 right now. So uh, he stepped up to the plate and continued to buy. I believe he's he's gone from 4% ownership of the company uh, to about 16 or 17% in this last year. Uh, actually, in June, he bought most of the stock. Uh and he is uh, president, CEO, and chairman of the company. So I think he knows it. It was interesting because they had a phenomenal quarter, and they guided up, and they killed the stock uh, because of uh, – this quarter wasn't as good on the on the upswing as the quarter a year ago. Um, but I think you know if you look at uh, technology companies, they tend to have a hockey stick type uh, quarter, meaning most of the – most of the uh, – Orders come in within the last two weeks, so maybe one of their orders was pushed forward, but they they raised their revenue projection by 14% above the highest level in the street, so that's kind of interesting. Now, I got a lot of questions about this, and there's a there's a group that's a director, 
and it's called Silta. Uh, and this is Twitter. They bought $61 million worth or 1.4 million shares this week, which is not chump change. And then they came back two days later and they bought another $32 million worth of stock. So uh, obviously they're bullish. <laughs> and and also Dick Sporting Goods, which got beat up. I mean, it was around 140, is now 113. Uh, the executive chairman, Ed Stack, uh, went out and bought $25 million of the stock, which is not uh, chump change either. Remember, insiders know the company better than us, and they're usually fairly early. Uh, so, you know, look, sometimes they're right on time, okay? But most of the time they're fairly early. So just think about that. Now, here's one that uh, it's Adacit Bio, which uh, this one's interesting because Andrew Sinclair is a very smart guy and he's a director. And the stock was in a new high, and he, he bought at 14, okay? Uh, it was trading around seven, and he bought $7 million worth, and you like to see that too. And then uh, Qualtrics, which is a uh, software company, which got beat up, uh, uh, SLTA Group, which is the same group that bought Twitter, bought $5.2 million worth of that too, so that's very interesting. And uh, Harold Hamm bought some more stock uh, in, in Cologne, uh, I mean uh, Continental. Uh, that's uh, Harold Ham's one of the smartest guys in oil. So, and and then here's one DocuSign. Dan Springer, who's president and CEO, bought 4.4 million. This stock's just been absolutely crushed. It was 300 bucks. It's now 144. Uh, he likes you like to see him step up when things are down. And then um, Allset eHome International, which is a one dollar stock. Uh, we had a the chief executive officer buy 7.4 million shares or $4.4 million. It's down and out. And then uh, MCAP Acquisition, which is a shell company. Uh, we had uh, Ted Koenig, who's chief executive officer, smart guy, by the way, by uh, $2.5 million worth. Um, and Stagwell Advertising, we had uh, the uh, a director, Eli Samasa, Samaha. He bought uh, $2.3 And then um, we had the Lazy Day uh, car dealership, uh, we had the uh, a director Coliseum Capital buy twice. They bought 3.5 million, and then two days later they bought 1.3 million. All right, so that's pretty good. And then uh, Azizo, Azio Biopharma, uh, we had a director which is uh, High High Cape Capital, easy for me to say, uh, bought 1.7 million dollars worth. So you like seeing that and. Um, couple other names that we, we thought, you know, there's a lot of insider buyers. Uh, Abcellular, uh, which is down and out, you know, it's $20, $22, now $13. Uh, we had a director step up and buy uh, almost uh, two million, uh, $1.2 million worth, I mean. And Everquote, uh, which got beat up a little bit, uh, we had one buyer of $1.1 million and then another buyer of $909 million. So, uh, by the way, I forgot. Uh, Coliseum Capital did buy uh, some more of uh, the Lazy Days Holdings, which is an automobile dealer. Uh, at, they bought 610 about a week ago, so I forgot to mention that, so I apologize. A um, couple other things I, I noticed. Uh, you, you know, Evergy, uh, which is the utility, you know, we just talked about utilities. We had a bunch of more buyers, okay? You know, they've been buying pretty much every week, uh, which is interesting. And it's been John Wilder, and he continues to buy. He bought on the 7th, 8th, and 9th uh, to the tune of about $1.5 And he's bought earlier uh, 
and you know so and and then Joanne Inc. We you know we had a buyer last week. We uh, we had another buyer who's the president though Wade uh, McGeehan I guess it is. Um, so that's that's impo- important. And a couple other names PayPal which has been been destroyed <laughs> was was two eighty is now one one eighty. Uh, we did have a guy uh, who uh, director Enrique Lores buy some. All right now here's the bad news. That's the good news. The bad news is is that uh, insiders have been unloading big time. Uh, the ratio we had a lot of insiders buy after the sell off, but the insiders have been unloading. They it's it's you know normally it's like a six to one ratio. It was like a nine to one ratio just recently. So you, you know uh, I'm not sure what that means because I have more insider buys uh, right now. You know, numbers, a lot of them are in the 100, 200,000 range, you know, um, but we do, we do have, it's nine to one insiders buys to sell. So, okay, so what would I be doing? Um, look, I think it's important, you know, a, a couple things are important. I Staples breaking out tells me, you know, Staples breaking out, the bond yields coming down, utility starting to break out. Some of the healthcare stocks with nice dividends, dividend aristocrats. Are starting to break out, and I'm not sure what that means, but that tells me that somebody thinks the economy is going to slow. All right, the fact that uh, people have has put as much money into the money market uh, and taken it out of the market tells me that they think that the money's market's going to slow a little bit. The 10-year Treasury yield going down to 138, 135 tells me that people think that the market's going to slow down a little bit. That's what the the FDA, I mean the uh, the Fed wants. So, I, I think it's important that you understand that. And and you know, I think that look, we're going to be in this range. And I think you know, I can go down to 1.12 now, to 1.7. So you know, I think we'll be in this range. It's it, we broke the 200-day moving average on the yield index, which is usually not a good thing. I, I did I did notice that some of the momentum and the, you know indicators have kind of bottomed out. What I thought was really interesting was the inflation surprise. Uh, Citigroup inflation surprise broke out to an all-time new high dating back about 20 years. Uh, and the dollar, the momentum starting to turn to the downside. So it'll be interesting. You know, that could probably help the basic materials. Maybe that's what we're seeing. All right. So what would I do now? All right. First of all, if you go to WHK 1420 uh, and you go down to local podcasts, Go down to Smart Investor Show. Uh, what you'll find is uh, the ability to, you know, you go down to Smart Investor Show, then it go across to my webpage because it's easy to get to from there, and just get, uh, you know, a, a scenario going. So, you know, you, you can start to look at this page regularly. Remember, the Insights page is is a, on a banner, and it constantly. We're rotating the research there, and there's two really good articles this week. I'm going to let you find out for yourself. And then Rob Schleimer's stuff under bulletin board, and we also have a uh, um, uh, a newsletter. And Rob Schleimer's trend and cycle. So, but if you'd like, you can get uh, the dividend growth portfolio, the prime income list, uh, our best ideas. And I'm telling you, nobody's calling in for these things, so I can say this. <laughs> and usually, when uh, you know, I put out these these specialty items like the electrical grid uh, and our energy thing. You know, energy stocks are 
some of the top performing stocks this year. Uh, but the technology, internet, media, and telecommunications conference was two weeks ago. There's some really good ideas there. Imagine 2025. There's some great long-term ideas there. And then also, you know, uh, our 2022 outlook is another piece that I think you can grab. And uh, I think, uh, you know, it gives you an idea of what we're expecting. Some of the great minds at RBC, and believe me, there's some great minds here, uh, are, are thinking about for next year. Because, like I said, it's a chess board, okay? You've got to be anticipating the next move. And if you don't anticipate the next move, somebody else will. In the meantime, have yourself a great weekend. I, it sounds like I'm going to be on on Christmas Day. So ho, ho, ho. Uh, Santa Tim will uh, greet you on Christmas Day. Uh, in the meantime, have yourself a great weekend. This is a Smart Investor Show. If you want to have coffee, get to my webpage or just call me. Uh, buy low, sell high. Have a great weekend. Proceeding programs, views, claims, or representations may not reflect. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll free, 888 223 7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management.